It's been almost one year since the death of Justice Antonin Scalia, but the conservative icon's presence was felt in the East Room of the White House as President Trump announced his nominee for the Supreme Court, Neil Gorsuch, a 49-year-old federal appeals court judge in Denver, a conservative in the mold of Justice Scalia. In accepting the nomination, Gorsuch called Justice Scalia a lion of the law, and one part of his speech spoke volumes. I respect, too, the fact that in our legal order, it is for Congress and not the courts to write new laws. It is the role of judges to apply, not alter, the work of the people's representatives. A judge who likes every outcome he reaches is very likely a bad judge, (laughs) stretching for results he prefers rather than those the law demands. His words echoed Justice Scalia's view of the limited role for the courts that fits in with his originalist approach to interpreting the law. I don't like those consequences, and therefore I should interpret it not to do that. I don't think that's the job of a, of, of a judge. The, 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 the only objective criteria are the words that Congress adopted. And once you get away from trying to give them their fairest meaning, you're, you're in trouble. If confirmed, Gorsuch would restore the 5-4 to four split between conservatives and liberals on the court. Our guests are Willie Jay, a partner at Goodwin, a former clerk for Justice Scalia and former assistant to the Solicitor General, and Neil Devins, a professor at William & Mary Law School and the director of the school's Institute of the Bill of Rights. Neil, tell us about Gorsuch's background. Well, Gorsuch uh, was groomed, if you will, as many conservative justices like uh, Justice Alito and Roberts before him were groomed by working in the Justice Department with ties to the Federalist Society, uh, working his way, so to speak, up the ranks of those credentials and uh, uh, becoming a uh, Tenth Circuit judge and uh, a very good Tenth Circuit judge. Uh, But uh, his background um, is sort of a classic background for the type of person that uh, President Trump was looking for a well-credentialed conservative. Willie, you clerked for Justice Scalia. The president said um, that he wanted to replace Justice Scalia with someone who was a lot like Justice Scalia, um, presumably somebody who's uh, had an originalist interpretation philosophy for the Constitution and for statutes. Has he succeeded here in his nomination? Is Judge Gorsuch um, basically a younger version of Justice Scalia? Well, I don't think you can always tell exactly what a lower court judge is going to be like as a justice because the roles are somewhat different. Indeed, you can't necessarily you couldn't necessarily tell what Justice Scalia was going to be like by looking at what Judge Scalia was like as a as a lower court judge. But I do think that uh Judge Gorsuch is a lively writer. Uh, he's someone who is committed to certain principles of judging that are neutral principles that apply across the board and don't point toward plaintiffs or defendants or government or private citizens, but that constrain the role of the judge, just as the quote from Justice Scalia that you played at the beginning of the segment uh, captures. And is is he a judge who has stood out, Neil, among appellate judges across the country? He has been on the Tenth Circuit. Have his opinions been noted, or has he stood out in some way? Um, he has, uh, both for what he has done and for what he has not done. Uh, 
What he has not done is gotten in the middle of abortion and some other divisive issues uh, that, uh, like uh, Judge Pryor uh, from uh, the Fifth Circuit, might have created a lot of controversy about him. The controversy about Judge Gorsuch is the fact that the Senate did not confirm Merrick Garland. There's no independent controversy about Judge Gorsuch himself. Uh, but what he has done is in the area of religious liberty in particular. Um, he uh, was involved in the Hobby Lobby decision, the Little Sisters of the Poor decision, recognizing broad religious uh, freedom rights uh, against the backdrop of Affordable Care Act uh, challenges and the scope of protection afforded religious dissenters to the Affordable Care Act and the contraception mandate. So he has, if you will, bona fides with uh, you know, religious liberty interests, um, and he has also taken a narrow view of the judicial role with respect to uh, statutory interpretation and followed the lead of Judge Scalia in letting the statute speak for itself. Willie, the the religious liberty cases that um, that Neil was just referring to raise sort of an interesting question here. In that, you know, I asked about Scalia about a, a Scalia earlier, but in fact, the judge who many identify with the religious uh, liberty issues most prominently is Justice Alito. And I'm wondering, are we likely to see in Judge Gorsuch if he gets confirmed? a very strong ally for Justice Alito in Justice Alito's attempts to carve out bigger religious liberty uh, exceptions in laws. The trouble with painting these uh, religious liberty cases with a, with a broad brush is that the cases like Hobby Lobby don't involve the Constitution at all. They involve the interpretation of a federal statute, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, that applies to the federal government and to a very few programs of state governments, um, but doesn't apply across the board. And interpreting that statute doesn't necessarily tell you what a judge or justice would think of the free exercise clause of the Constitution, which applies to every government program at every, at every level. And it's important to remember, Justice Scalia wrote the Supreme Court's decision taking a fairly narrow view of constitutional religious liberty uh, in the sense of exemptions from generally applicable laws. And the RFRA, or RFRA, was adopted largely to overturn Justice Scalia's decision as a matter of statute. Neil, so, his, Neil his stance on federal regulation has been called even more radical than Scalia in a 2016 opinion, he said federal judges should stop letting administrative agencies have the final word on the meaning of ambiguous statutes like the Clean Air Act. What kind of an effect would that have on the Supreme Court if he is, in fact, confirmed? Well, that's the direction the court is taking. So I think it would bolster the court's movement towards textualism. But uh, that's a battle that's been waged in recent years on the court, and Justice Kagan herself has recently said that those who favor textual approaches, like Judge Gorsuch, um, are controlling uh, where the Supreme Court is. So um, I don't necessarily think what he would do would be a radical transformation, but it would sort of bolster uh, that movement. Um, and uh, referencing the Affordable Care Act uh, that we were talking about just a second ago, uh, the Supreme Court itself um, in the Burwell case, uh, took an ambiguous statutory provision. Neil, will you hold that thought? We've been talking about Neil Gorsuch, the federal appellate court 
judge from Denver who has been nominated to the Supreme Court. And we've been talking with Willie Jay, a partner at Goodwin and a former clerk for Justice Scalia, and Neil Devins, a professor at William & Mary Law School. Neil, we were talking about the deferential role that some of the justices show, and you were talking about the Affordable Care Act. Why don't you pick up with that? Sure. Just to complete the thought that with respect to interpreting the Affordable Care Act, the court has not deferred to agencies, but instead has interpreted the act on its own terms and said uh, that the act uh, has meant certain things uh, irrespective of what the agency itself had said. And that's the approach that Justice Scalia champions, and that's the approach that Judge Gorsuch champions for the court to figure out the meaning of statutory language on its own and not defer to agencies. So uh, I think Judge Gorsuch will be following the lead of Justice Scalia and following the trend that's developing in the court right now. Willie, obviously one of the topics that always gets a lot of attention when there's a nomination of the Supreme Court is abortion and Roe versus Wade and the cases that have followed it. Um, and the president was uh, pretty clear during the campaign that he was going to appoint justices who he believed would overturn, vote to overturn Roe versus Wade. Judge Gorsuch has written a book on assisted suicide and euthanasia in which he talked about his views on the value of life. Um, and came out against assisted suicide. Does this book or anything else he's written offer us any clues about how he might be thinking about Roe versus Wade in those cases? Well, I think the the first and most important aspect of his judicial philosophy that you know would be relevant to that or really any other constitutional case is that he seems to be applying an originalist approach to understanding the Constitution, wherein his own understanding and his own preferences about whether, as a matter of kind of moral philosophy or good public policy, really are irrelevant. So uh, even if this book gives an indication that he thinks that um, protecting human life is an important value and uh, taking human life is a terrible thing, uh, that I don't think that uh, is enough to tell you what, as an originalist, he thinks the Constitution has to say on the subject. Neil, Judge Gorsuch has criticized class actions. Has he indicated that he would be sympathetic to business interests? Um, I'm going to agree with what Willie has been saying, that it's hard to anticipate where a judge will wind up on these issues. Um, at, at the same time, there has been a movement on the court to restrict class actions, and, um, you know, uh, there is reason to suspect that Judge Gorsuch would be sympathetic to that, but uh, not enough to say conclusively that he would be. Willie, do you, you know, let's just talk about the politics of this. You've been around the Solicitor General's office. You've watched the court for a long time. Do you think there's any chance that uh, the Democrats might not filibuster here and that they might you know, in fact, some Democrats might sign on with Judge Gorsuch, who does have a you know respectable record, uh, according to both of you. He certainly has an exemplary record, and uh, I was a staffer for the Senate Judiciary Committee when the current Chief Justice, John Roberts, was nominated and confirmed. Uh, and I have to say that this nomination reminds me a lot of about that. Uh, he, you have a nominee with stellar uh, professional characteristics, someone who comes across as a smart fair, modest, and humble individual, uh, I think he's going to do very well in front of the Judiciary Committee. And at the end of the day, uh, the Democratic caucus in the Senate split 
split right down the middle on John Roberts, and it's been reported that President Obama, uh, who was then a senator, even thought about voting for uh, then-Judge Roberts and had to be talked out of it by his staff. Uh, So I think that it's very likely that Judge Gorsuch is going to do a a very good job in front of the Judiciary Committee and that opposition, while while it's not going to evaporate, uh, probably will not be strong enough uh, to unite the Democratic conference in opposition. Thank you both for being on Bloomberg Law. That's Willie J, a partner at Goodwin, and Neil Devins, a professor at William & Mary Law School. 